1: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
0: Welcome inside the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. John Ledyard here with you guys today. And we've got a great special guest for you guys. Uh, Mark Schofield inside the pylon. Shot caller, quarterback guru over there. Does a lot of great work on on quarterbacks. If you don't follow him on Twitter, make sure you rectify that and follow him at Mark Schofield. Last name is S-C-H-O-F. I almost tried to break it down there into a little compound word, but it doesn't really work that way. Mark, how are you doing today? Excited to talk some quarterbacks? Same here, my man. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, man. I'm excited about this podcast because this quarterback class is so polarizing. I mean, there's, there's a lot going on, I think. Um, and there's a lot of opinions out there being thrown around. Some some people think that there's no first-round grades on quarterbacks. Some people think there's four. Some people think Davis Webb's going to get into the first round. And we'll talk about all these. But I really wanted to go through, and, and instead of just talking about your rankings, kind of talk about how each of these quarterbacks would work in different situations. So we're going to run through the first round and look at all the teams that could potentially select a quarterback and look at what quarterbacks, first of all, whether they should or how you think, how you feel about their quarterback situation. And what they should do with that pick where they should be looking and then maybe what quarterback would be your top option for that team out of probably out of the top four uh, guys that are generally considered the first round uh, prospects and then which quarterback would be the worst fit so we'll look at it from that perspective because it does differ scheme to scheme and you study these schemes a lot so i'm really interested to hear your thoughts and opinions let's start with san francisco at number two because i think we all believe miles garrett's going number one to, to cleveland San Francisco at number 2. How do you feel about their quarterback situation? And which quarterback in this class do you think would be the best fit with Cal Shanahan? Which one wouldn't fit at all?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think San Francisco is probably the best place to start here. And, you know, they signed Hoyer. um, Mm -hmm. But I don't think anybody's looking at Brian Hoyer to sort of be the long-term answer there. I know there were some thoughts that, you know, maybe Shanahan was going to go for uh, a guy like her Cousins that didn't quite pan out. So they're probably going to have to address quarterback, whether it's a pick two overall or if they wait until early th- at the top of the second round to do it. You know, and I've gone back and forth on who's the best fit for sort of what San Francisco wants to do under Kyle Shanahan. And I keep coming back to Kaiser, honestly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, part of that stems from watching, you know, Atlanta's offense last year, then going back and watching some of Kaiser's tape in Notre Dame. And you see a lot of similarities in terms of the schemes that they're running. I mean, stuff where, you know, this Atlanta last year was doing a lot off the of play action, throwing like post routes to the middle of the field, some stuff where they're moving Matt Ryan out of the pocket a little bit. And you saw similar concepts that Kaiser was running under Brian Kelly at Notre Dame. So I think from a schematic perspective, that marriage makes a lot of sense to me. Shanahan running that offense that, I mean, Kaiser running that offense that Shanahan sort of had installed last year in Atlanta, which I assume he's going to bring over and implement in San Francisco. And the good thing about that is, If you believe Brian Kelly and that, you know, Deshaun Kaiser needs another year, Mm -hmm. this is a good situation for him to step into because with Hoyer in place, you don't have to start him right away. I think Kaiser physically has the tools to start early in his career, start sometime this year. But with at least – with Hoyer, you've got a bit of a bridge there. So if Shanahan does take Kaiser – You've got a couple of weeks where you can put Hoyer in, you could let Kaiser sort of get up to speed and then roll him into the office a little bit. You don't have to put him, run him out there right away and let him take a beat. And because, you know, the Kelly stuff, you know, we're recording this here on Tuesday afternoon and yesterday Kelly sort of came out there and said, look, he needs another year in college. It's clear now that there's a huge rift that we all kind of assumed right. that there was between those two. So You know, maybe there is something to the fact that this guy needs another year. But staying at Notre Dame doesn't seem like it was going to be the best situation Mm -hmm. for him anyway. So he needs to go to a new environment and get into a new system. I think that all around, that marriage with Kyle Shanahan, what Kyle Shanahan likes to do on offense, and having a guy like Hoyer in place is sort of the best way to sort of bridge Kaiser to the NFL. So San Francisco, I think, makes the most sense schematically. In terms of a guy that doesn't make sense – You know, two guys that I kind of look to more, one in particular, I mean, Davis Webb, if San Francisco waits and tries to address quarterback maybe at 34, and if the other four guys are gone and Davis Webb is sitting there, I'm not sure he makes the most sense Mm -hmm. schematically because of what Webb does well. He's more of a vertical guy, throws a great deep ball, throws a great nine route, but it's the other stuff where he doesn't really fit well right now. And if Shanahan's going to bring over some, you know, shorter, quicker West Coast type stuff as well as some intermediate stuff in the middle of the field. Webb's gonna need some time to develop out that part of his game And So, you know if San Francisco decides to wait and then go for Webb, I'm not quite sure that relationship that marriage works out from a schematic perspective
0: That's very interesting on a couple fronts But I uh, get just retracing to Kaiser and, and this is something you and I may not even have that much perspective on but Kaiser in San Francisco I, I agree from a talent perspective and from what he can do on the field that makes a lot of sense where it would be very fascinating to me is the marriage of and this is no disrespect to Shanahan, but he's always kind of been built as a guy with a a callous kind of personality that doesn't have a lot of time or patience necessarily for ineptitude or struggles and things like that, and he can be a little rough around the edges, I think, and then you have Kaiser who. Just came from a situation with a guy like that kind of and had the rumored confidence issues and, you know, some of the struggles with and he he's admitted and obviously had a ton going on too at the time, you know, which deserves probably more publicity when this statement's thrown out there. But I think he's you know the rumors that he thought about walking away from football and things like that now you have a guy that's rough around the edges like Shannon and that marriage could be interesting of personalities and that could be an x factor that you and I don't have probably don't have as quite as much insight into,
1: but certainly probably would matter in that situation too, right yeah, John, I think that's a great you know sort of encapsulation of it and you know that's something that as guys like you and I doing mm. this sort of from the outside looking in we don't have that inside like we can make some sort of educated guesses as look you know obviously the kelly kaiser relationship went south and you could even see glimpses of that play out on the field there were times when kaiser would have open throws but for whatever reason he would just pull the ball down he was afraid to challenge some windows even guys that were open and you don't know whether it's he's not trusting his eyes or he's just afraid to make a mistake because if he gets back at the back to the sideline Mm -hmm. he's gonna have a bright red-faced brian kelly in his ear Mm -hmm. screaming at him and so given what we've seen from kyle shanahan and given the information that's out there on his coaching style from a mental sort of relationship, from an interpersonal relationship perspective, Mm. would that marriage make sense? Schematically it does, but you and I from the outside looking in, we get we can only question it. We don't know for sure. Now, they've met with Kaiser, we know they have, you know, John Lynch basically said he was blown away by meeting with him. So, you know, maybe there's hope for a marriage like Mm. that from a personal perspective. We just don't know right now. Right. Yeah, really interesting stuff with San Francisco at number two. Chicago at number
0: three, man. It doesn't feel like anybody's talking about them taking a quarterback anymore. And I think it's just, it seems like that's what everybody's hearing from the direction of the organization. You know, you can offer your thoughts on that. It seems like they're steering away from quarterback. But what do you think about a potential fit uh, there among the first round guys? And who do you think would not be a good marriage at all with Dow Loggins offense?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think looking at Chicago and what they've done, Brennan and Mike Lennon, probably. You know, in all likelihood, they're not going to go QB at three. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think they're probably going to maybe pick up a guy later just to sort of some depth of the position. Um, a, a guy that I kind of like going to Chicago, maybe second, third round, would be Brad Kaya out of miami mm-hmm. you know and he's a guy that i think is really flown under the radar this draft class people are really talking about the big four at top you know they were talking about davis webb you know chad kelly's getting some love as sort of a developmental guy and you know sort of you know nathan peterman's got some attention and sort of just in that mix in that second tier is brad kai who's a guy that i think you know could run that offense that chicago is going to install this year and i think in terms of you know if a high school coach came to me today, John, and said, Look, yeah. you know, I, I need some help coaching the quarterback position. I want you to put together like a 30 minute video on how to play quarterback. What I did, the footwork section or mm-hmm. the drop back section, I'd probably put in some Brad Kaya clips. Sure. Because, I mean, he is almost robotic in that sense and how he, you know, cheat step, step with the right, cross with the left, step with the right. It's mm-hmm. formulaic in a sense. And so I think kai is a guy that he has some experience under mark rick last season running a nice offense that i think would translate well to what chicago looks to be doing on offense and so i think given the mike lennon sign and they can wait maybe get a guy like kai and could run their system well transversely guy that probably wouldn't fit you know you know from what it looks like they want to do offensively i'm not sure a guy like mahomes would be the best fit Mm -hmm. You know, I I think Mahomes is pretty scheme diverse. He can fit in some different kinds of systems. But given the background that he has, his play style, I'm not quite sure it meshes well with what Chicago looks to do on offense.
0: And again, the Jets are probably a team not looking at quarterback at number six, but you never know. and You never know where they're at with Hackenberg. All the rumors last year and all the people who saw him when they practiced and in camp and things like that you know, they weren't impressed at all. And in fact, the opposite. I mean, they probably were. He was, he got some of the worst reviews we've seen out of a camp performance. And in the preseason, he struggled as well. But you still think, man, they took a, a second round pick on this guy. You, you, they want to give him that shot to succeed, you'd think. And they brought in McCown, I think, to be that, that guy, that, that horse whisperer, maybe that helps bring him to the next level. But, you know, the Jets probably aren't going quarterback, but do you see a good fit if they were to go in that direction? And do you see a guy that wouldn't make a lot of sense?
1: Well first I want to jump back a couple of picks to 4 in Jacksonville mm. because I know they've got Blake Bortles that probably not going to take a quarterback at 4 but I think Jacksonville is a team to watch taking a quarterback maybe on day 2 mm. maybe early day 3 because you know I think the Blake Bortles experiment is you know the sands in the hourglass are starting yeah. to run low and I think Jacksonville has to you know at least get a guy in, you know, maybe it's a guy from that second tier, the Kaya, the Peterman, the, you know, the Webb, the Gerard Evans type tier. Or maybe it's a guy, you know, in the sort of the next group, you know, m- maybe they look to a guy like C.J. Beathard or Josh Dobbs. But at least somebody to sort of come in and push Bortles just a bit because Jacksonville's starting to get some pieces in place. You know, they've got a nice young defense. They've got some weapons on offense They need to maybe address the tight end position. It's almost time to, like, put up a shuttle for Blake Border. So mm-hmm. I think Jacksonville is a team that's going to have to address the quarterback position at some point. Now, skipping ahead to the Jets, you know, John Moten's coming over. You know, he's sort of a disciple of, the you know, the Harbaugh and the Sean Payton West Coast scheme. So two guys I think out of that top tier that would make sense would be Deshaun Watson and Mahomes. Mm-hmm. You know, I think Watson is a guy that when you look at the traits that he has at the quarterback position – deep ball accuracy was sort of a question mark for him. You know, the velocity numbers from the combine, I don't think they eliminate his potential to play in the NFL, but mm-hmm. I think that sort of negates his, trans- his translation to, you know, a vertical-based passing scheme or a scheme that tries to push the ball down the field into the tight windows. Mm-hmm. But I think it fits well with a West Coast type offense. Mm-hmm. That plus uh Watson's process and speed, I think fits well for what they want to do. Mm-hmm. Mahomes Like I said, pretty scheme-diverse guy. I think he can run in almost any type of system. I think the West Coast suits what he's done at Texas Tech. He had a lot of quick reads that he had to make, a lot of short throws at times. Yeah, he he has the big arm and can push it down the field, but I wouldn't rule out Mahomes to a West Coast system either. And so I think with what the Jets want to do, those two guys would make sense. Now, guys, it wouldn't make sense if it brings us back to Davis Webb because Mm – you know, the West Coast marriage with him and what he does right now, I don't think is the best fit for yeah. him. You know, I, we'll get to a couple of teams later in this show where I think that first round buzz that we've heard a little bit for Davis Webb might make sense in a limited, sort of narrow path. But there are some teams, I think, where it does.
0: It we'll move to Cleveland at number 12. I mean, Hugh Jackson's got a, a diverse offense with a lot of different elements thrown into it, and, and it gives a, a good bit on the quarterback's shoulders mentally, I think. But um, In terms of who would be the best fit in this type of an offense, I know we've talked about it a little bit before, and you think there could be a couple guys maybe that match up well with Hugh Jackson. What about guys like that, and what about guys on the opposite end of the spectrum?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think looking at what Hugh does and – He deserves a ton of credit for his sort of offensive versatility. I mean, Mm -hmm. look no further than his last year with the Cincinnati Bengals. You know, they had Andy Dalton, and they were really kind of pushing the ball down the field a bit. They loved little three verticals, four verticals concepts, you know, trying to get Eifert at the seam on those seam routes down the field, obviously getting A.J. Green involved down the field as well. But when Dalton got hurt, then they had to turn to A.J. McCarron, who's better suited for more of a West Coast style Mm -hmm. of play. And Jackson's got those elements in the offense already. So they could sort of switch it on die from almost a Coriel-type scheme to a more West Coast-type scheme, and it fit what McCarron was doing. And so in terms of an offensive style, you know, Jackson's pretty scheme-diverse. And I think you could look at – Any of the top four guys, whether it's Kaiser, Mahomes, Watson, or even, you know, Mitchell Trubitsky, and see where they could have some success in that offense, given the fact that he can sort of tailor what they're doing offensively to the skill set that the quarterback comes into camp with. I think given Mahomes and the fact that he fits the most systems, maybe even Kaiser as well to an extent, I think those guys might be where, you know, Jackson's sort of looking right now. Mm. Um, Trubitsky, I know a lot of people have sort of looked at that twelfth selection and said, Trubitsky, you know, kid from the area, that's probably where he's gonna go. My hand up on Trubitsky is one from a mental process and standpoint. I mean, there are plays, you know, particularly early in his tape. You know, that first game against Georgia and even throughout the season where you saw a lot of, you know, almost brain lock situations where he's got guys open. You know, he's got something that he expected the defense to give him. It's suddenly, you know, defenders are jumping the route or the coverage gets rolled a certain way. And he just either can't get to the next read of the progression or forces a throw. And a perfect example is that pick six he through against Stanford mm-hmm. where he sees, you know, basic cover two look two high safeties. And he's got the running back on a wheel route out of the backfield. And they roll the coverage to cover one well before the snap. I mean, you can see this mm-hmm. coming. It's not, you know, any sort of exotic look that you're going to see in the NFL. But he still thinks it's a cover two look and he's going to get that running back free up the sideline. The safety just reads his eyes all the way, breaking on the running back that he's going to cover out of the backfield. And Trubisky basically throws it right to him. Mm. And so it's stuff like that where you know that Hugh Jackson's going to need to bring the guy along a bit. And so while they all make sense schematically, I think that, you know, the other three guys are probably closer to what Hugh Jackson is looking for than Trubitsky. But that's just my take on Mm -hmm. it. I know people are going to keep mocking Trubitsky to Cleveland at 12 because of all the other reasons, because of the potential that's there. And I can see it. I just would trust the other three guys more.
0: Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. Arizona at 13. Everybody wants to peg Mahomes there. That makes sense in your eyes?
1: It makes sense. And, you know, uh, every year, you know, last year it was Bruce Arians and Cardell Jones where I was like this that has to work. Please football gods, make that happen. <laughs> I want Cardell Jones and his big arm going to Bruce Arians. And this year, you know, it's Patrick Mahomes, his big arm, Bruce Arians. Please let's make it happen. But here's where we get to the Davis Webb question. Because you talk about what Arizona's doing offensively, you know, Arians is from the Coriel School. They like to push the ball vertically, they like to get it downfield. Arians loves guys with the big arm with size. That gets us to the path for Davis Webb in the first round. Because I think if Mahomes comes off the board early and Arizona doesn't want to expend the capital it would take to get up to maybe six to get Mahomes then they can probably wait maybe they trade back to later in the first round and they get a guy in Davis Webb that really fits what they're doing offensively and he won't have to play right away. And so I think that's sort of the narrow path to these Davis Webb first round rumors. If Arizona can't get Mahomes, if they can't if they don't have enough, you know, capital to get up to trade up to get him or if he, you know, comes off the board earlier than they could get or if he comes off before them at 13 for whatever reason they can't get Mahomes, Webb's the guy that could run their offense that can learn a bit under Arians that can learn a bit behind Carson Palmer I think that's sort of a pathway where they can go in terms of guys that don't fit you know you mentioned at the outset John how this is such a polarizing quarterback class and you've got people that are talking about four guys that are you know, their QB ones, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of different <clears throat> rankings to it. I would be surprised if Deshaun Watson is even in Arians' top four.
0: Mm-hmm. Because right.
1: when you look at what they want to do, when you look at what Arians looks for in a quarterback, and you look at, you know, some of the inconsistencies Watson had down the field, the velocity number, I, I think Arians is probably looking at Watson and say, look, he's a great college quarterback, but he's not really suited to what we want to do offensively. And so I think – you know, that would be one that would floor me, John, if, you know, Arizona has somebody go up to the podium and the name that's right off the card is Deshaun Watson. That's an eat the tweet kind of moment.
0: Right. And Arizona, you've talked about Davis Webb being a first uh, being a, a fit in the first round of some of these first round teams, obviously. But would you value him in the first round, given what you've seen on tape with his deficiencies and some of his
1: struggles? No, I, I wouldn't. And, you know, that sort of gets into how you, like, stack your board and how you mm-hmm. o- organize your board. And, you know, when I'm looking at guys that I want in the first round, you know, I'm looking at guys that are pretty scheme diverse. Like, in a vacuum, you can see them working in a number of different offenses. When you're trying to do that in a vacuum, you can't – in my mind, a scheme-dependent guy right now like Davis Webb, you can't really look at him as a first-round quarterback. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's sort of the thing that sets apart the first tier of guys – From the sort of the second tier, because guys like Kaya, guys like Webb, guys like Evans, guys like Peterman, they're a little bit more scheme dependent. So while there might be teams that could strongly consider them in the first round, I think when you're sort of on the outside putting together your boards, a guys like a guy like Webb, you can't really have him as a first round pick because he's pretty scheme dependent, and there's just such a narrow pathway to truly make him a first round guy. You know, so I I think at the end of the day, it wouldn't stun me to see Webb come off the board, particularly to a team like Arizona, you know, maybe late in the first round or something, but I'm not going to have him there.
0: Right. The Giants at 23. Eli Manning has been declining and it's pretty clear from watching him. And this offense is pretty loaded up with weapons, could be even more loaded up. Maybe they don't take a quarterback in the first round, but I think it's at least got to be on our radar. Kind of a similar situation with Pittsburgh and even with Kansas City maybe. It's got to be on our radar that this could happen. If if a bunch of the quarterbacks are to fall, let's say the Jets pass and Chicago passes and Cleveland passes and San Francisco passes, which a lot of people think will happen even at number two. You know, Maybe Arizona or one of these teams takes somebody, the Saints we didn't even talk about, but maybe one of those teams takes somebody in the teens. But after, I mean, the, the quarterbacks could fall. There's no question I think they could fall. And maybe one of these teams moves up trying to think ahead and trying to jump. You know, Houston, who we'll talk about next. But the Giants got to be thinking about it. If somebody falls that they really like, uh, they've got to be thinking about the future, the way Eli Manning's plays decline, Who do you see as a great fit in New York?
1: I think if Kaiser's sitting there at 23, I think the Giants give it serious thought. And then if San Francisco was considering him maybe at 34, they start to sweat a little bit. Because I think Kaiser's sort of, not only from a schematic perspective, but also sort of that potential relationship with a coach. You know, we spent a lot of time talking about maybe, you know, Kyle Shanahan, Sean Kaiser. Is that really sort of a fit from a personal perspective? I think McAdoo would be a guy that would be a a great benefit to a guy like Kaiser. And having a guy like Eli Manning to learn from as well. I mean, from everything you hear, Manning is a really bright guy in the quarterback room that really knows that offense inside and out. You know, Kaiser could sit there and just kind of soak it all in for a year or two. You know, that's sort of a great situation for Kaiser because, you know, now he can step in and really totally doesn't have to play year one. While I still think he could physically, now he's in a situation where there's no pressure on him from an instant. And as you said, John, that's an offense that has weapons. I mean, look at what they added this offseason. They've got, you know, three really good offensive weapons now. You know, they've got Brandon Marshall as a nice little X. Obviously, they've got Odell Beckham who's a nice Z. They can move him around a bit. And I think Shepard's a great slot receiver. So that's, you know, three core wide receivers that are great fits for that offense. Kaiser can sort of just soak it all in and just wait until he's ready. Wait until Eli Manning decides it's time to walk away, and so that's, I think, a situation where if you see Kaiser drop to twenty three, New England has to. I mean, the New York has to give that serious consideration.
0: Right, and is there a guy that
1: doesn't make a lot of sense for the Giants? Um, I mean, out of the top guys, I mean, I think all of them could, would make sense because sure. it's a situation where they wouldn't have to play right away. Right. Um, so, I mean, I think. A team like New York can pretty much decide if a Q, if a QB falls, great, let's grab our guy for the future. I mean, mm-hmm. or if they decide that, look, you know, none of the top guys fall, they could go the sort of more developmental route. The guys like Dobbs, um, who's a quarterback I actually mocked to them um, a mm-hmm. while back. Um, you know, even a guy like C.J. Beathard, who a lot of people really aren't talking about, uh, might make some sense. Chad Kelly, even. You know, get a guy yeah. into that organization, um, try to get some people around him to sort of, you know, obviously he's got some red flags off the field, but, you know, he's got the medical issue with the knee and he's just hurt himself at his pro day. But again, he wouldn't have to play right away. So you could sort of get him into the organization, get the structure around him and sort of let him learn for, you know, the days down the road when he might have to be pressed into action.
0: We're in that range where we're talking about quarterbacks that so will go to teams that probably have a guy in place and can wait. But Houston isn't one of those teams, probably, especially with Tony Romo declaring today. That, and again, we're recording on a tu- on a Tuesday here, but uh, with him recording that, or with him saying that he's retiring and going into broadcasting, Houston's uh, getting a little bit of trouble right now. They can't trot out Tom Savage, I don't think, and start him week one, or they certainly don't prefer to, at least not with having a plan waiting in the wings. Who's the guy for Houston at number 25 and who is a guy that they, you know potentially I guess they could trade up from 25. I think that deserves to be uh considered as well. But who's a guy that makes sense for them at 25 and uh, who's a guy that isn't really a good fit at all?
1: I mean, the guy that makes sense for them at 25 is the quarter, the best quarterback left when Philadelphia is on the clock at 14. Because when you look at this Texans rush, what else do they really need? Right. I mean, they've basically got a decent online. They've got some, you know, decent pieces at the tight end position. I mean, uh, Fidel Orwitz, I think, is a good piece. Um, the kid from UConn, whose name escapes me right now, their other tight end is a pretty good tight end. Um, they've got, you know, Fuller and Hopkins. They've got two pretty good wideouts, and they've got Pumphrey outside of him, um, who's another good slot receiver. They don't need a ton on offense, and they had the number one defense last year without J.J. Watt. Mm -hmm. I mean, so they just need to figure out the quarterback position. That's been a question mark since O'Brien's come to Houston. And so if the quarterback slide a bit and if you've got guys like, you know, say Mahomes is there at 14, say Watson's there at 14, you know, Kaiser's there at 14. I think Houston has to move up and get a guy. Mm -hmm. You know, they they can't wait to see how this draft shakes out. They need to go up and get their guy. And, you know, I, I think Watson would make sense schematically. I think Mahomes would make sense schematically. Kaiser would make sense schematically I mean this is a you know a team that you know an offensive structure that kind of works on time in sort of an intermediate area that's something Watson does pretty well so I think he would make some sense Uh, in terms of a guy that doesn't fit you know Trubisky's a guy that in terms of anticipation routes and timing that's not his game yet he's working at that you know and if Houston were for some strange reason wait you know Kai is a guy that on timing and anticipation routes struggles a little bit in that area so I don't think those guys make as much sense but whoever's there at 14, Houston has to really think long and hard about just going up and getting your guy and finally resolving that quarterback issue.
0: Kansas City's run a West Coast system for a while, but they, you get the feeling sometimes they'd like to put more vertical concepts in there. But Alex Smith, that's just not his game. That's not really ever been his game or his strong suit. If they ultimately decide to move on from Alex Smith and there's a quarterback on the board or there's somebody they can move up a couple
1: spots for, who makes the most sense to you? I mean, two guys depending on how they decide to address it and when. I mean, I think if it's early or mid-first round and they just decide, look, we've got to get a QB, you know, we've got some guys that have fallen that make sense for us. I mean, Mahomes, I think, can run their offense while bringing some of that vertical game, John, that you alluded to, you know, with guys like Tyreek Hill, even Travis Kelsey, who's a Mm -hmm. pretty decent vertical weapon at the tight end position, you could bring in a guy like Mahomes who could run a West Coast offensive scheme but push the ball down the field a bit. If they wait, I think Kaya could step in and run – 80% of what they do offensively in that West Coast scheme. And he still has the ability to throw the occasional deep ball and stretch the field a little bit. And he doesn't shy away from the situations, and he does have the arm to do it. Those are some guys that I think make sense. You know, even Davis Webb, dependent. You know, if they really Hmm. want to get into more of a vertical-based offense— then that would make sense. But if they want to stay primarily a West Coast scheme, as we talked about, that doesn't fit what he's trying to do. So, I mean, that's just a sort of interesting name to keep in mind. I don't think he makes sense for what they want to do, but if Kansas City wants to change up what they're doing, Webb could make sense. No guys that, you know, uh, really don't make sense. I mean, I think for what Andy Reid wants to do, most of these guys could kind of fit. Yeah, You know, Webb's sort of the question mark. If they want to stay a West Coast team with some occasional vertical stuff, mixed in that doesn't fit him best but if they really want to sort of change directions that webb could make sense in that sort of isolated situation pittsburgh
0: is uh, ben roethlisberger is scared all of us and I'm, I'm obviously a pittsburgh guy and he talked about um he's maybe retiring at the end of this fast season um and i think he'll be back for this year it looks like but once he said that man it could be next year and what if the steelers go win the super bowl and he decides to call it call it a quits after that you know they don't have anybody waiting in the wings As much as I would love to see them use this 30th pick and go out there and get the guy that's because they're they're only a couple pieces away, go out there and use your picks to go win a Super Bowl. Um, You you can't count on Roethlisberger being around more than this year, maybe. Um, And so taking that into consideration, I think they've got to consider quarterbacks that could be on the board of 30. I don't know that they'll be super active trying to move up for one in that situation, but. Taking all that into consideration, you know, an offense with some of your hard Perkins stuff mixed in you see some Correale concepts in West. Coast. I mean, this is a very diverse Todd Haley offense. Who do you see as a great fit for Pittsburgh at 30?
1: Yeah, I mean, look at a Pittsburgh at 30. You know, you always want to be a year ahead of schedule when trying to find your next quarterback. You don't want to be a year late, mm-hmm. you know. So if they just decide to forego quarterback this draft and then, you know, they catch fire and win a Super Bowl or Rothsburg gets beat up and decides, look, I've had enough. You're going to be scrambling next draft, you know, and we don't know how that next draft class of the quarterback position is going to shake out We think we know but we we don't know we really don't Mm -hmm. and so I think Pittsburgh does have to address quarterback Maybe not at 30, but at least sometime in round two or round three and a guy that I think sort of Can be a bit scheme diverse? I think is Peterman um you know, I think any of the top four guys would kind of come in and, you know, run portions of that offense. Like you said, they've got some, you know, Coriel concepts in there. They even have some West Coast stuff mixed in, some arn Park and stuff mixed in. So I think any of the top four guys can come in and run at least portions of the playbook. You know, when you get past that group, expecting most of those guys to be gone by 30 or particularly mm-hmm. by day two or three. I think Peterman's a guy that could run a bulk of what they're doing on offense. You know, Matt Canada's offense, pretty complex at least structurally, you know, they did some stuff for him where they had some easier reads, some designed rollouts and bootlegs, some half-field stuff. But, you know, I think he has a good enough arm where he can push the ball down the field, but he can also make those sort of intermediate throws, those out routes and stuff like that that Pittsburgh likes to run, as well as sort of those, you know, fake screens and seam routes that, you know, they were feasting on last year at times. And so I think Peter would be a good sort of day-two fit. Kaya might be a good day-two fit. A guy that I really like, depending on what they've, heard from Roethlisberger what his intentions really are you know maybe Roethlisberger just said that in the heat of the moment and he still thinks he's going to play for three or four more years it's Gerard Evans from Virginia Tech who's a guy we haven't talked about Mm -hmm. but I think you know what he was running under Fuentes sort of fits well with what Pittsburgh was doing this past season and so I think if they're not as worried about Roethlisberger's long term role with the organization they could wait a bit and maybe get Evans in the third round with a guy that can push Landry for that QB two spot and develop him in a bit, and to maybe be in the next Steelers quarterback,
0: right. Well, you you said Peterman, man, and I don't know if you know this, but the only people that ever get uh, talked about as potential future Steeler quarterbacks are guys that look like Roethlisberger and at one point shook off a 300-pound defensive lineman in the pocket. So right. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know, Steeler fans will feel about Peterman, who's yeah. a little bit a uh, smaller guy for the position. Yeah, but no. yeah, he
1: doesn't quite. Well, I mean, Roethlisberger's got almost what we could say elite play strength. Sure, yeah, I mean yeah. they, <laughs> there are a few guys that can stay upright the way he does in a pocket, and so you know whoever the next Steelers quarterback is probably won't have the same trait at least in that regard that Ben Roethlisberger is so Steelers fans might have to you know lower the expectations a yeah. bit for that <laughs> at least that element of their next QB.
0: Yeah, I 100% agree. We got to talk about New Orleans though at 32 because they snuck in there they grabbed that last uh first round spot from New England in the trade with Brandon Cooks. And I think they've got to, I mean, they, we didn't talk about it at the beginning because I don't know whether they'll consider one there or not, but it could be an option too. and We can throw that into the conversation here. But obviously, life at Drew Brees is 38, and even though he was absurd last year, you and I were just talking last night about how ridiculous Drew Brees was last season. At some point, that decline's going to happen, right? I mean, you could say that about Brady, too, but it hasn't yet. Yeah. So you don't know when it's going to happen, but hey, they've got to start thinking a little bit about the future, maybe if you're New Orleans. Is there a guy that makes sense for Sean Payton's offense at 32 or perhaps even earlier in the first round?
1: Yeah, and I mean, as we were just saying, sort of the Roethlisberger stuff, you definitely want to be a year ahead of schedule. And I yeah. think what we've seen from Sean Payton this offseason he's you know he's taking some meetings with Patrick Mahomes they're doing their due diligence on him and i think if mahomes is sitting there at 11 they give serious thought to it you know just pulling the trigger on him there mm-hmm. you know i think it would make sense schematically with you know watching you know what they've been doing yeah it's you know a, a west coast inspired system but they still put the ball down the field a lot right you know and i think patrick mahomes could come in and run a good portion of that playbook Early in his career perhaps even as early As week one Um, and in a situation Where he's learning from Sean Payton Watching Drew Brees I mean that's An ideal situation for Patrick Mahomes because As even if you're really high on Patrick Mahomes and I consider myself to be pretty high On him there are some elements to his game that he's going to have to refine some footwork stuff some Mechanical stuff you can Sort of work on that stuff While absorbing the information from two Great football minds around you in Brees and Payton and I, I look at that Potential marriage and I think You know given the fact that they've got two picks in the first round given the due diligence work that we're seeing them do i mean sometimes where there's smoke there's fire
0: great stuff my man terrific stuff running through all those first round teams talking about quarterback fits really enlightening stuff that you're just not going to get anywhere else he is mark Schofield. he covers the draft and quarterbacks for inside the pylon shot caller there also does wide receivers and tight ends for bleacher report for the nfl 1000 project Mark, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, Tell people about uh, this little inside the pylon draft guide that we've been working on.
1: Yeah, my friend. Well, you can probably speak to it better than I can since you were the guy, one of the guys at the top. I do right? it
0: every day, though. They're used to hearing yeah, it from but me. They're used to hearing
1: it from you, I guess. Yeah, I mean, basically what we've done is we set up an NFL-style skeleton department with the folks at Inside the Pylon where we had people at the top like yourself, like Dan Hatman, a former NFL scout with the Eagles and the Giants, uh, Jeff Fair and Shane Alexander, the co-hosts of uh, Pylon You who have been watching all these guys just basically year-round. And you know, we're pretty early on guys like Forrest Lamp and others. Um, so the, you four were kind of at the top overseeing the positional scouts because we've set it up like an NFL team. So we've got myself, Ted Wynn at Raiders analysis looking at quarterbacks. You've got Sal Conti and Brandon Thorne looking at offensive linemen. You've got Matty Brown. You've got Dave Archibald. You've got Luke Glaze sort of looking at defensive backs. And what you get is not just one guy's sort of perspective on the draft, but you've got multiple scouts, multiple sets of eyes looking at each player at each position, doing our report and doing cross checking, and then sending it up the food chain for you guys to sort out sort of a big draft board. And that's just a portion of what we're doing. Like if you pick up the ITP draft guide, which you can do at itpdraftguide.com, you'll see, you know, positional chats um, in Slack from all the scouts at each position where they're. You know, making their arguments for their guys and maybe banning the table for one guy over another. Um, You'll get fantasy stuff as well. Our fantasy department with Sharona, with Jessica Brand, with um, Andrew Jordan. You know, they did a lot of fantasy analysis. So if that's really what you're interested in, we've got that for you as well. And we've got interviews with guys that have gone through the draft like Mitchell Schwartz or guys that are going through the draft right now. Um, so you can see what it's like to live this experience, this experience that we spend so much time absorbing and covering and talking about and writing about. So there's really something for everybody in it. Um, people have been talking about it a lot on Twitter. People are really enjoying it. So if you're interested at all, you can check it out. ITPDraftGuide.com. You can look at samples of the work at our Twitter account, ITPylon. Um, that's where you can find us on Twitter. So check it out. Um, we're proud of what we put together and we think you'll really, really enjoy the product.
0: Awesome stuff. Follow him on Twitter at Mark Schofield. He is the guy to go to for quarterback questions and things draft-related and so on and so forth. So really appreciate you taking the time, Mark. We'll have to do it again soon. Definitely, John. Thanks, man. Love the show. For sure. And we'll be back later tomorrow. We'll be back, and we'll be talking more NFL draft, as we always are, five days a week, right here on Locked On NFL Draft. As always, thank you guys so much for listening, and we will catch you guys again tomorrow. at participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 17